Welcome to the Rupa Subramania Show, everybody. I'm your host, Rupa Subramania. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Christine Anderson. She is a member of the European Parliament, a body that is part of the European Union. She belongs to the Alternative for Germany, or the AFD party. In Germany, the AFD is seen by many in the political mainstream, both the traditional right and the traditional left, as being beyond the pale because of their strong position on immigration and asylum seekers and their position on radical Islam. They are also seen in some quarters as being anti-Semitic. Their views on immigration, for example, um, are not any more controversial than, say, the more right-wing elements of the Conservative Party here in Canada or the PPC in Canada. However, given Germany's unique history, the period of uh, Nazi rule and the cataclysm of the Holocaust, um, many Germans feel very uneasy about accepting the AFD into the mainstream. But things are starting to change. Public opinion is changing. The AFD is now polling second nationally after the Christian Democratic Union. This is the mainstream center-right party. And it's far ahead of the members of the current ruling coalition, the Social Democrats, the Free Democrats, and the Greens. In some provinces of the former East Germany, the AFD is actually leading in the polls. Now, when Christine Anderson visited Canada this past winter, back in February, the reaction to her visit by uh, members of the mainstream left was pretty predictable. Uh, there was a complete meltdown uh, that, uh, that Christine Anderson of the AFD or a member of the AFT was visiting Canada. Uh, but it also put the Conservative Party in a quandary. Uh, party leader Pierre Polyevre uh, joined uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in condemning her and her visit. However, some Tory MPs, including Leslie Lewis and Dean Allison, uh, met with Christine uh, during her Canadian tour. Now, very few Canadians have had a chance uh, to hear from Christine directly. Um, very few Canadians even know anything about the AFD and what they stand for, uh, because a lot of this gets um, um, caught up in a social media frenzy. So today I had the I have the opportunity to speak to Christine uh, directly about her views about what the AFD stands for and what the AFD's rising popularity means uh, for Germany and for the world. Welcome to the show, Christine. Um, it's uh, it's great to have you on on my show, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, I want to start by asking you about your visit to Canada this past February. Uh, there was a lot of um, outrage and indignation by many in the mainstream, uh, and also, uh, to some extent, uh, uh, people from the Conservative Party. Uh, just tell me what brought you to Canada and uh, what uh, you made of the reaction to your visit. Well, the reason I came to Canada is well, I, I really wanted to meet uh, the freedom truckers, which I consider to be the bravest people in the world. Uh, what they when once they started protesting and <clears throat> those uh, rigs were rolling, I mean that you know sent light throughout the entire world and inspired so many others. And plus, it um, broke the the the, um, the sense uh, people were given. And that is, you know, kind of part of the game plan to um, 
insinuate that people, you're all isolated, you're all on your own with this. And, you know, if you consider government measures to be outrageous, you are completely alone and isolated with this. And uh, once the, the Freedom Convoy started, um, people realized probably many of them for the first time, hey, we're not alone in this. There's others that, you know, also do not uh, consider the measures to be uh, right. So, um, yeah, I wanted to meet the people, <clears throat> and um, I did. I had a great time, uh, and I was uh, they really welcomed me in a way that I would have never thought possible. Uh, it was really warm-hearted, you know. The, I mean, seriously, I, I got the impression, gosh, they, they really love me. So what happened then when uh, I got pretty much thrown under the bus, that was just, you know, a little... A little nuisance to deal with uh, really didn't bother me that much because I am used to, to stuff like that. So and uh, I always say, you know, that is not my problem. That is their problem. And uh, I know what I stand for uh, and uh, no one gets to define me. And uh, so let me speak. People will always talk, you know. And so, yeah, I, I had a really yeah. fantastic time. Yeah. So one of the things that um, makes you controversial um, is not necessarily your support for the truckers, although that is also controversial uh, here in Canada for all of us who. Controversial. I mean, people standing up for freedom, democracy and the rule of law should never yeah. be controversial, especially not in a democracy. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, exactly right. But many of us who stand up for those things are uh, smeared in many different ways. And so uh, that itself is controversial. But one of the things that makes you controversial, I hate to use that word because I've been described as controversial, uh, is that you belong to the um, uh, AFD. Um, tell me why why is the AFD controversial? Uh, what makes it controversial? It's seen as beyond the pale, uh, even in Germany, um, uh, uh, by the mainstream political establishment, both the traditional left and the traditional right. Well, it's what, what I just said. Uh, my party, AFD, we stand up uh, for freedom, democracy, and the rule of law. And that makes us controversial. Uh, of course, we are not controversial by no stretch of the imagination, but we are um, perceived as a threat to um, mainstream policy, politics, you know, the politically decided narrative. Um, so that that's actually why they label us controversial or, you know, smear us with other kind of name, right wing extremists, uh, Nazis. I mean, the whole whole shebang, you know, it, it's all in their racist homophobes. The entire thing. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, when you look at my party, actually, look at our, our program. Um, it reads exactly what you could have read in the uh, party programs of the former conservative party, the Christian Democrats and the former former liberal party, the FDP, um, like what, 15, 20 years ago. It, it's it's exactly the same thing. But they have. Uh, made a shift, you know, from being conservative and being liberal to the left. And, and they continue to shift to the left, even adopt now the green ideology and all of that nonsense. So, um, yeah, we are actually the only party in Germany that still 
lives by democratic standards, meaning freedom, democracy, rule of law, division of power, um, the, the, the one man, one vote rule, and all of that. We uh, advocate for having, um, uh, or what do you call it? I'm missing the word now. Um, where, where you ask the entire people on a particular issue, a referendum. So we stand for all of these things, you know. We actually want the people to be in charge and be in power and not these despicable, uh, you know, globalists or the puppets of these despicable globalists. So that's why we get yeah. attacked. But uh, but there is, I mean, there have been some statements made by leaders uh, uh, of the AFD in the past um, that have been interpreted as being anti-Semitic um, or um, anti-Muslim uh, for that matter. Um, I w want you to help us understand, like, what exactly was were those, what was that about? Did did the world get it wrong? Did, did everybody interpret these things incorrectly? What is going on here? Okay, well, the operative word here uh, being interpreted, you know? Okay. If you uh, state, which should be, you know, a matter of course, uh, 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 to have uh, state borders and to control your borders, you're perceived as being racist, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's their interpretation. But I mean, seriously, think about this. Um, probably everyone uh, in the United States and Canada, you know, everywhere is locking their front door to their house, right? Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? Well, so they can be safe within their own home. That's the purpose. No one in their right mind would, you know, just leave the door wide open, invite just about anyone in uh, and just, just then realize, gosh, my family is no longer safe in my house and would then go about installing video surveillance in the entire house. No, they would kick them all out and they would lock up their door. So why should that not hold true for a country? Because that's the purpose of a country and that's how it developed. First, you had, you know, very small uh, settlements, you know, but they had some kind of protective border around it, a, a fence, something. So people inside would be safe. So then it, it became villages, then cities, but they all had a protective border around it. And once we grew, you know, all of these settlements grew into nations. Yeah, you had a state border. For what purpose? Because the people inside needed to be safe because you do not know who is coming in. And if you let anyone in, then you are no longer safe, which then, and we're seeing that in Germany now, once you tear down the outer borders, uh, like the, let's say the nation's border or the city border, you will have to erect little borders within that space to be once again safe. And that is ridiculous. So mm -hmm. just wanting to enforce uh, border patrols and border controls and, and not just let anyone in, uh, yeah, that gets you labeled a, a racist, a xenophobe, and, you know, the whole shebang. Um, I mean, there is a movement within the AFD, there is a wing of the AFD that wants to interpret, um, uh, you know, um, Germany's Nazi past. Um, there are elements in the party that uh, that that are trying to do that. Um, what is your take on that? As in, 
should Germany continue to atone for its Nazi past? I think that's one thing that uh, members, some members of the AFD, are, you know, are trying to say. Look, how long are we going to keep atoning for this? Um, what is your What is your view on that? Okay, so first of all, um, if you say there is, you know, a few people within the AFD that uh, have a different uh, viewpoint on that, you you will have to give me some names because mm-hmm. I don't know a single person within my party, whoever wants to go back to these times, on the contrary, um, we do not want ever to go back there on top of all of that. And that's really a problem, Um, especially in the last three years. um, That was become quite apparent. If you were to point out the parallels of what the Mm -hmm. Nazis did back then, I mean, Nazi Germany did not start out by rounding up people and transporting them off to camps. That was not the beginning. That was the end point of, of it all. So, but it started. There were little incremental steps, one step at a time, to get people used to, you know, a certain way of doing things. So they started out by saying, well, the Jews can no longer sit on certain benches in a park. Well, yeah, what's the big deal, right? You, you can kind of rationalize that even though well, there's other benches. Let them sit on them. Well, yeah, and then those were taken away. Then the next step, and, you know, so people got used to, you know, doing certain, well, you know, then the next step came. So if we were to point out that the mechanisms that were implemented and that took place back then, the steps that the Nazis actually took back then, if you were to point out parallels to how things are nowadays, you automatically get accused of trivializing the Holocaust. It is this insane, and trivializing, glorifying the Holocaust is uh, is a crime under the German Penal Code. So, but the, and and this is this is really the the problem. How are we supposed to live up to our promise, never again, if you have no idea how it started? How are you supposed to fight the beginnings? if you are no longer allowed to talk about how it got started back then. that That's really, you know, and for the life of me, I, I cannot understand. So how will the next generation be able to continue to live up to that promise if I can't tell them how it happened back then? And the thing is this, another thing, someone calling me a Nazi, at what conclusion will a young person arrive at? They look at me and say, well, wait, well, she's a Nazi? They must obviously conclude, well, if she's a Nazi, then the Nazis could not have been that bad now, could they? Mm. You know, considering the atrocities that the Nazis inflicted on mankind and to compare me to that, that is trivializing the Holocaust, and that is trivializing the Nazis. But yeah. they don't get that. They are that's so uh, that they just don't get it. Yeah, that's very. That's a very good point that that you make. In fact, that's what we're doing. We're actually trivializing trivializing these atrocities by calling everybody that you disagree with as a Nazi. But it's good to have your um, uh, views on the record, uh, Christine. So that's uh, that's very important. That um, I. I, I, I be clear on that. I absolutely test the Nazis. And I really took a deep dive 
into how it was possible because that's just mind blowing. When when you look back at Germany in the in the twenties and the thirties, we were a highly sophisticated, highly educated nation. I mean, we were you know leading in the science. German was the the, the international scientific language. I mean, there are numerous in, uh, inventions came out of Germany, poems, music. I mean, seriously, we were a highly sophisticated, educated, and civilized country, society. And yet, it was possible to have all of these atrocities going on in Germany. And that, that really is mind-blowing. So how was that possible? So I took a really deep dive into you know, the incremental steps, the, the psychology involved and all of that. So, and uh, like I said, people really need to understand how it happened back then. And only then will they be able to recognize that it can happen anywhere, any place again. And in order to stop that, you need to know, you need to know how it was possible. Yeah. How how diverse is the support for the AFD in Germany? Uh as in like um um you know is it is it like do you have support from like uh from Muslims? Do you have support from um you know uh, minority communities? Uh just out of curiosity, I, I want to know how diverse the support for the AFD is. Well, um actually we are a rather diverse party. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the, the board uh, uh a president, she is she's gay, right? So, mm -hmm. but and that's interesting though. Um, her uh, sexual orientation that never played a part within our party. You know, mm -hmm. she never had to answer questions in terms of that within our party. So it was like, you know, we just kind of took note, and that that was it, right? Yeah. Once she got elected, or once she got got uh, became. Um, she ran for the Bundestag in 2017, and she was one of the, the, the uh, top rankings. And all she had to do all day long was answering questions from mainstream media. How come you're gay and you are in this party? So they mm. made an issue out of it, you know? So, uh, yeah, but that was just a side note. But, yeah, there is uh, we have lots of uh, members within our party. They have a migration background. They, you know, come from other countries. Um, mm. Yeah, we even have Muslims in, in our party. That That is not the issue at all, you know. Um, when it comes to, to that, my issue actually is with Islam. I don't mm. have an issue with Muslims. I have an issue with Islam, which I consider to be uh, an ideology. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, that's, um, I read a, um, a news story from a few years ago, um, and I don't know if this is still the case, apparently there were, there were Jewish members of the AFD. Uh, yeah. Is that still the case? Or do yes. you still have Jewish yes. members of the AFD? Of okay. course, we even have uh, an organization within our party. It's, uh, it's called Jews in the AFD. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course we do. Uh, yeah, the reason I ask this is that a lot of parties that are smeared as far right tend to draw support from groups that are traditionally seen as voting for mainstream political parties. But increasingly, even here in Canada, you, you're starting to see that 
you know, um, that that it's 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 actually a diverse group of people that end up supporting these parties, and so I find that uh, uh, fascinating as um, as you know as as um, you know as an observer. Um, uh, but um, I want to talk about ask you about what explains. Um, you know, even though the mainstream political establishment in Germany wants to shun the AFD, uh, but the AFD has had a dramatic rise in in recent months. Uh, and uh, how wh- how do you how do you explain that? Well, uh, very simple. Everything we've been saying for ten years. My party was founded ten years ago, and everything we have been saying for ten years turned out to be true. And people are now realizing that. So, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, uh, we were labeled as Nazis, right-wing extremists, and all of that. And that was to get people not to listen to us, not to even deal with that, uh, not to even, you know, consider reading our party program, you know, which is out in the open. Anyone can read it, but most people just don't. They turn on their television set and their television set tells them AFD is a Nazi party and that's it. Right. So they don't they don't think for themselves and they don't do their own research. But um, like I said, we've been around for 10 years. And everything we've been saying and everything we've been stigmatized for and labeled for and smeared for, turns out now it it was all true. Everything we were saying. And people are realizing that. And um, they're, quite frankly, they're just fed up with uh, being told lies. Um, And, you know, whatever party happens to be in the opposition of the mainstream media parties, um, once they're in opposition, you know, they kind of kind of say what the people would like to hear and what people would actually want. So they get elected, they're back in government, and then guess what? You know, they're doing it all over again, you know. So and uh, hopefully people will now realize it's just a matter of in the opposition they will tell you whatever they want uh, and whatever they think that you want to hear to just then do the exact opposite once again in government. Mm. Uh, can you tell, explain to us briefly, what are the main uh, policy differences between the AFD and the mainstream political parties? Uh, and if you think this is one of the reasons why uh, you guys are surging in the polls? Um, well, first of all, we uh, we do want uh, nation borders, where the mm-hmm. people within Germany need to be safe. Um, secondly, uh, national sovereignty, a very big issue. Um, and thirdly, um, you know, this whole climate madness, which is really mm-hmm. just insane ideology. Um, that w- So we, we would uh, rather go back to nuclear power, which is the cleanest power, actually, if, if you think about it, right? Um, so we, we just want people to, to you know, afford... Uh, energy, food, housing, and do all of that instead of um, so, uh, um, uh, artificially increasing it, you know, because we have to adhere to some kind of a sick ideology, right? Um, so that that would be an issue. Um, I mean, there's it's pretty much, we are um, advocating for exactly what the conservatives and the liberal party advocated for, like like I said, 15, 20 years ago. 
So just common sense, you know, policy, common sense politics, and uh, none of that bogus ideology, ideological idiocy. You know, I mean, you, you see it just, just about everywhere. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say that um, the AFT was probably far ahead of the curve in taking a, a position on these issues. What was once seen as extreme actually is now becoming rather mainstream. Um, um, you know, we, you know, we, we are sitting on the on the government bench. That's where the extremists are. Yeah, I mean, we saw we see that the Social Democrats in Denmark, for example, made it part of their successful re-election campaign. Uh, in the U.S. and Canada, mainstream um, conservative parties are are now uh, uh, embracing even the liberals. You know, this talk within liberal segments here um, that uh, hey, wait a minute, you know, our very lenient immigration policy it's not working for us, and maybe we need to put a uh, put a break on it. Um, um, so even parties on the left, even commentators on the left, are being forced to reconsider their support for high levels of immigration and, and asylum. Um, and there's been, of course, they're reacting to a backlash from within the local population. Um, so. In a sense, it's kind of ironic, like the AFT was seen as crazy for stating these positions, but everybody is now saying the same thing now. Um, how do you see this playing out uh, from your perch? Like, you know, you've been at this for like 10 years or more uh, being with the AFT. How do you see the future of conservative politics in Europe and more generally in the West shaping in light of everything? Well, um, I... You already mentioned uh, the Social Democrats in in uh, Sweden. Uh, I think in Denmark. Uh, yeah, D Denmark. Sorry, Denmark. Yeah. But even Sweden, they're starting now, kind of too. So mm -hmm. I mean, they have, they have really they have a huge problem uh, with with migrants there because they just let you know anyone anyone in and whatever. So um, yeah. So but the thing is, this uh, for Germany. Oh, gosh, I really have a hard time considering or even thinking about that. Our mainstream parties, uh, like the established or old parties, as I would call them, um, that they would ever reconsider. Um, all they are doing is, uh, like I said, if they want to get reelected, right, they they start talking about, oh, yeah, well, there is lots of uh, so-called refugees um, that really have no right to be here. Uh, and so they need to go back home. But it's just talk. It's always just talk, right? They never actually do any of what they said they were going to do. So um, I have a hard time uh, believing that uh, the established parties in Germany would actually reconsider. Um, in other countries, yeah, it might happen here and there. Um, but uh, that's what the EU is for, right? <laughs> we have this uh, EU commission, you know, uh, uh, and, and Ursula von der Leyen, you know, running it. Uh, Trust me, she'll make sure that other European countries do not, you know, reconsider and possibly do something else. So they have all kinds of instruments at their disposal. There is the so-called uh, rule of law mechanism, which is uh, applied when a country steps out of line and they define what is stepping out of line, uh, what that constitutes. So mm -hmm. if a country does anything that... Uh, the woke EU uh, does not uh, approve of or does not appreciate, they will, they'll get slapped with a, a rule of law mechanism, meaning they will cut their funds, right? 
So, yeah. and it particularly holds true for, or is very effective in, uh, with the Eastern European countries, uh, because they have a completely, I mean, they have, they have a different past and they remember what it was like to live under totalitarian rule by the Soviets. It hasn't been that long ago that they have overcome that. And they recognize the signs. They know exactly what's coming because it, they've been there. They, they've done that. So if they were to um, emphasize national sovereignty or their border control or stuff like that, they'll get slapped with, a, uh, with that mechanism, meaning they will cut their funds. You know, it, yeah. it works. It works like a charm. Yeah. What is the AFD's um, position on uh, some foreign policy issues like the, co the current conflict, but, you know, what's happening in the Middle East, Israel and Hamas? Where does the AFD stand on that? Uh, on that? Actually, um, my party really hasn't come up with a with a position on that yet. And mm -hmm. uh, thing is simply this. I don't know what's going on there. I really mm -hmm. don't. I mean, you get propaganda from this side, you get propaganda from the other side. I don't know what the hell is going on there. I really don't. Um, the thing is, though, I mean, like I said, I really have an issue with Islam because I believe it to be, yeah, a, a terrible ideology, um, who is, which is actually capable of, of bringing out the worst in people. So... Um, on the other hand, it's like Israel is a highly sophisticated, they have a high, probably the country in the world with the most sophisticated surveillance um, apparatus. Um, and they're telling us they didn't know that Hamas was about to hit them. Um, so that's, uh, like I said, I don't know. But uh, Hamas just, you know, running wild and, and kidnapping people, murdering them, beheading them in front of their family, taking babies and, you know, all of this. I mean, that, that's an atrocity, an absolute atrocity. And yes, Israel has every right to protect its people. Like I said, my party stands for border control and protecting the citizens. So Israel has absolutely the right to do that. Um, but like I said, I don't really know what's going on down there. Um, and it is, it, it's sad to say, but you don't really know what's going on anymore in the world because it could be true. It couldn't be true. Whatever you're told, propaganda here, propaganda there, you know? Mm -hmm. So our party really hasn't arrived at a, at a, a unanimous opinion on that. Other yeah, than, I asked other than saying that yes, Israel yeah. absolutely has the right to defend itself. Um, but there's another issue that mm -hmm. um, that was brought about. Now all of a sudden, get this, now all of a sudden, our politicians, the mainstream politicians, realize that we have imported anti-Semitism. Seriously? What? We imported anti-Semitism? You're kidding. How, how could that have been? No, that's not possible. So that's another issue. We have been saying for 10 years, if you import just about anyone of the Islam faith, yeah, 
you import anti-Semitism. Guess what? It's true. Turn out to be true. Yeah, I want to point to your intervention in the European Parliament from a few years ago, I believe, and you did uh, talk about raise uh, the, the, your concerns about anti-Semitism from um, certain uh, Muslim quarters in Germany, and um, you know I, I did come across that uh, a few months ago. So I'd like to point that to our, you know, not just in Germany, by the way, these yeah. uh, you know, uh, in support of of of, uh, of Hamas, these demonstration protests, you know, Jew, uh, Jewish flags being burned, uh, and all of that. I mean, that was massive. That was really massive. I, I see, mm. you know, women running around and, and tearing down the the, the missing uh, leaflets for, from their loved ones, you know, and yeah. they just go down and tear it down. I mean, that's terrible. And yeah, <laughs> that has been been known these past few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, we have a problem with anti-Semitism once again. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly see that even, even here in Canada. <laughs> Um, I just want to um, ask you, um, at, at some point, given just how popular the AFD is uh, is getting in Germany, uh, do you see it uh, governing uh, any of the provinces in Germany or, or the federal level? Oh, yeah, eventually. I mean, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. every party eventually wants to be part of government, right? Mm -hmm. um, the time frame on that, I have no idea. I mean, they insist on uh, having holding up that that so-called firewall. So, um, and that's actually been going on for for years now. Uh, whenever um, AFD comes up and whatever parliament comes up with an initiative, a legislation, or whatever, it, it never gets voted for, no matter how sensible it is. Um, it never gets voted for. Just to then like. A few months down the road, another party comes up with the exact same idea. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah. So um, we are kind of, um, we are determining policy already, just not directly, rather indirectly, um, by other parties just picking up our good ideas and passing them off as, as their own. But um, yeah. That's that's just the way it works right now. But eventually, um, there isn't going to be a way around um, to us anymore because um, they cannot continue upholding that firewall. So they won't work uh, together with us. You know, like I said, no matter how sensible our uh, suggestions may be. Um, but the voter is recognizing that the citizens are realizing what's going on, and um, there is going to be a time, a point in time. When, um, yeah, the Christian Democrats or the Liberal Party may actually need us to be able to form a government. Because what's happening now is um, the only government uh, that is possible is, you know, in any combination of the established parties. So the Christian Democrats, like I said, the former conservative party in this country, they form a government with the Greens, for God's sakes, you know. And before the election, so they say, like, uh, they will not uh, exclude working together with any of the established parties. The only ones they completely ignore and exclude is the AFD. But the voter will punish them for that sooner or later.
Mm. I want to go back to what you said earlier, and this will be my final question for you, uh, because I know you're a very busy person. Uh, You you spoke about the truckers protest, um, and uh, I've seen your comments on uh, the truckers protest from last year. Um, What is it about that protest that uh, that uh, resonated with you, um, and how uh, did the average German view the truckers' protest in Canada? Okay, um, so in Germany, the protest started, I would say, in August of twenty. Um, mm. There were like uh, some pretty big, huge protests in Berlin, and uh, the way uh, the authorities dealt with that was was rather rather flabbergasting water cannons and, you know, fenced them in and, you know, the whole shebang. It, it was pretty much, you know, bashing down on that on that protest. So and um, it, it was just, you know, everywhere in the world, there were people that did not, you know, want to live under. Yeah, let's call it a totalitarian role because that's the way we're headed. Um, but they were all alone. Right. So and um once I heard that uh, in Canada there were truckers that you know were just fed up and got on their rig and started rolling towards Ottawa and you know how it grew by day and it was like oh my god finally someone is doing something right and that was pretty much that was my cue you know uh, to. I need to support this. I need to speak out for these people because they're doing the right thing. Because I, I will never tire to say what they the, what they did for all of the people around the globe. I mean, it, it's it's God unparalleled, you know. And they will. I've said that before. I'll say it again. They will go down in history as probably the most important protest movement ever, mm. ever. So that was just like, uh, yeah, finally someone is doing something. And uh, Mm. it started pretty much in the beginning. It was okay, You know, they got a lot of support from the people. And uh, but then the Canadian government really started bashing down on them. Right. It was like, and I really need to support them. So they will have at least someone, you know, to, uh, yeah, kind of let them know you are doing the right thing. And I'm with you on this. Yeah, I'm going to squeeze in one question. We have to kind of end perhaps on a humorous note here, but you're being called a Nazi and every name in the book, but mostly Nazi. Uh, But then in Canada a few weeks ago or last month, there was a literal Nazi in Parliament uh, who got a standing ovation. Uh, what did you what what are you thinking at this point? You're like, you know, I come to Canada and everybody's calling me a Nazi, but here you have a Nazi um who's being applauded and praised. Um and so I, I'm I'm actually still laughing. <laughs> I'm still laughing. No, when when I when I heard about that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was I was just really I was beside myself. I was laughing so hard. And I remember I read on Twitter and someone asked or someone commented, uh, I'm dying to hear what Christine Anderson has to say about that. And I just responded, can't comment. I'm still on the floor rolling and laughing out loud. But I mean, hilarious, isn't it, though? Seriously. Um, I mean, here you have three, uh, three members of parliament. 
um, that meet, you know, with another member of another parliament uh, from overseas, which, which is not unusual. I mean, you know, you meet up with fellow parliamentarians in other countries. I mean, of course you do. And um, I'm being labeled a Nazi. And the three that, you know, had lunch with me were all Nazis, too. Now, uh, I got mentioned in, in Canadian Parliament, you know, being vile and racist and, you know, what have you not. And I mean, you know, the, the biggest nightmare in all of Canada and whatever. And here he is, a real life Nazi <laughs> being applauded and hailed and recognized. I was like, seriously, you guys are so ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. And I I, I had a ball with this. Uh, really, I, I, I could not stop laughing for a very long time. <laughs> well, um, yeah, Canada is a barrel of laughs these days. Um, so certainly, um, you know, we're, we're like the butt of everybody's jokes. And uh, unfortunately, but not, not in a, not in a good way, but at least we're uh, we're we're um, we're a source of humor in these troubling times. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If if I had no humor, oh my God, I could not do this job. To tell you yeah. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, uh, I mean, Chris, if you elect a guy like Justin Trudeau to be your prime minister, I mean, you shouldn't be surprised to be the laughing stock of the world. Seriously. Unfortunately, yes. But uh, Christine, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for setting the record straight uh, regarding your own views and the views of the AFD to some extent. And uh, I think this was an important conversation. And I hope to continue it at some point in the future as uh, the AFD uh, perhaps becomes more mainstream uh, or whatever happens down the line. Yes, I will do that, and I can promise you that I will continue to fight, no matter what. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.